Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday morning service. Exploring the faith hour. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, and again, good morning to everybody here. Good morning. All right. Um, a couple of things I want to get out of the way before I get into the subject matter today. One is that oh, I made note of it. I had this weird dream, and I'm not the kind of person that's into dreams, all right? There are two things I am not into. One is dreams, or dreams, and the other one is multi-marketing. <laughs> multi-level marketing. Don't come to me with multi-level marketing. And I can smell a multi-level marketing person a mile away. What do you smell like? Like a multi-level marketing person. Because they like want to know what kind of business are you in, how many people you know, blah, blah, blah. You can tell what the next question is going to be. And all the reason I'm not into multi-marketing, because when I was in my early 20s, I tried to sell that stuff. Empress Pearls, you know what that is? It, it was a multi-marketing level company. They sold jewelry and stuff like that, right? Pearls. That didn't work. And then I got into so many stuff, so many different kinds of things, trying to make some quick money, and it didn't work. So I'm not into multi-marketing level. That doesn't mean I don't like you. Multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. See how much I hate it? <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't think I don't like people who are into it. And for some people, it is working. It's just not my thing. And that's how I am about dreams. But I had an interesting dream the other night. I was... Uh, sleeping, and then all of a sudden, I felt depressed. I felt like I had just lost life. I felt like anxiety in my sleep. I I felt anxiety. I felt doubt. I felt everything that um, a person who was separated from God would feel. You know, anger. I felt depressed. Like, it was was an awful feeling, right? And then I found myself sitting in in a a place where they kill people who are depressed. It was like a doctor's office, but it was like, it was a beautiful surrounding, you know, setting. And so all these people sitting there, men and women are sitting there, and I just assumed they were all there for the same reason, because they were depressed, depressed. And so this nurse came over to me, and she put some stuff right here under my nose, on top of my lip, under my nose. And when you smell this stuff, it's supposed to put you to sleep so that you can die. You'll fall asleep and then you would die, right? They put this stuff where you just sniff it and it put you to sleep. So I, she put it on my nose and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I started to feel drowsy and sleepy, right? And so I'm falling, I'm falling asleep. I'm about to fall asleep. So I get up and start walking around so that I wouldn't fall asleep. And I'm walking, and then all of a sudden, all the other people disappeared. I didn't see them any longer. It was just me trying to stay awake. And finally, I was ready to just give into it, just let myself just go to sleep. And the moment I was ready to get into it, God came into my body and gave me peace. He woke me up. I felt him, his spirit coming into my body and giving me life, and I felt whole again. And I was like, wow, that was so weird, you know? And I don't know what it's all about, but I do know I was so aware of that happening. I, I, and he didn't come into my mind. He came into my belly. That's where everything is anyway. But he came into there and gave me life again. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Now, I don't know the meaning of that. And I know a lot of people into dreams. I, people tell me all the time about their dreams. But it was so inter- interesting. But it reminded me of <clears throat> 25 years ago. When I used to be an angry, emotional, insecure kind of person. I had a lot of doubt and fear. I was all into my imagination um, and just didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I was that kind of person. And one day I was praying, just sitting quietly to want to understand myself. The most important thing you can do is to get to know yourself. And 99.999 Point nine, not all, not all, not all, but 99.999% of people do not know themselves. And I'm going to give you some examples of that today. <laughs> but I was, um, 
I wanted to really know myself and overcome that feeling because I have read we should have peace in our lives if we believed in God. And so I'm sitting there praying, but not asking anything, just silently with my eyes closed, relaxing. And God uh, allowed me to see that I had this anger. And when I saw that, he allowed me to see that I resented my parents first, right? And when I saw that I resented my parents, he caused me to be sorry for that. I wept about it and was sorry because I realized I was wrong for resenting them. And when I realized that I was wrong, he caused me to forgive. And once I forgave my parents, even before approaching them, uh, I was a free man. And so it reminded me of that experience somewhat, and it gave me life. And I, I don't know if that's related or what, but it was a very, very interesting dream. And I just wanted to share that with you. Also, the question today is, uh, what is your thorn in your side? You heard Paul said he has a thorn in his side, and it looked like God would not remove that thorn from the side. Anybody ever heard that? Yes. Yeah, everybody heard about it, right? Have you ever thought about what is your thorn in your own side? Just one person, huh? Nobody else thought of it. Isn't that How do you go through life not wondering that when everybody has one? Or maybe two, or maybe three. <laughs> Or maybe four, or maybe five. Um, Jack, come and read something for me. This is where Paul is talking about this. This is in 2 Corinthians, verse 7 through 10. Oh, he need a mic, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, start right there, and you're going to end right there. Wherefore, so that I should not get above myself, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to batter me, and prevent me from getting above myself. About this, I have three times pleaded with the Lord that I might leave me. But he has answered me. My grace is enough for you. For power is at full stretch in weakness. It is then about my weaknesses that I am happiest of all to boast, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that is why I am glad of weaknesses, insults, constraints, persecutions and distress for Christ's sake for it is when I am weak that I am strong thank you now everybody have a thorn you have weaknesses you're stressed out you're worried about what people think about you you're worried about how people treat you you freak out the way people act about you 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 your mind tells you that someone is judging you and you freak out over that those are your thorns in your side and you're not supposed to have those things if you believe in God or if you had them, you should be happy about them uh, instead of being mad or angry about it. How many of you are happy that you're weak and pathetic? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody happy that they're weak and pathetic, right? It's a $5 million <laughs> How many of you are happy that you're angry and out of control? See, that's crazy not to be happy about that. Most of you are mad about it, all right? You don't like it. Right? Yeah. You try to hide it. You don't want it to be there. You got to reverse that. You got to be happy about it. If you want to overcome it, you must be happy about it. And the reason I wanted to talk about this because I could see what's in me, right? And thank God that I am not angry about my weaknesses, whatever they may be. And because I'm not angry about them, the Bible said that we should rejoice in tribulation. When times are hard or someone has treated us in the wrong way or, or you feel insecure or you're being judged by others, those are your moments of rejoicing. Like, wow, they hate me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, wow, I'm insecure. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I want to give you some examples. Can you have Ermis come and sit there for me? Because I need to know he's there. I can't see him. He tend to go away and, go and start working. Huh? Okay, make it fast, because I, I don't feel safe when you're not there. That's my thorn in my side. <laughs> okay. I observed some things this week, and I thought, wow, that's amazing. And these people don't realize that this is something good. They see it as something bad. 
something bad. And I wrote down a couple of examples, and then I take, uh, I'll go to you, take your hands. I have three employees who are exactly the same. They have the same spirit, same personality, and they protect that spirit in the same manner. In the same manner. Three of them just alike, like they had the same mama, but it's the same spirit. And uh, they always think that someone is trying to make them look bad. Isn't that amazing? I know none of you ever thought that about yourself. Somebody trying to make you look bad. Anybody ever thought that? You just try to make me look bad. Thank you for your honesty. And so what happens is, if one employee comes to me with a problem about work, it's not like a personal problem at all. It could be a problem about the job, something that needs to be resolved. That's all, you know. And uh, so the employee would come to me. Well, we need to do this. We need to change this, or this this need to be added to the project, or this need to be added. I said, okay, I'll talk to him because they can't talk to each other. They hate each other. So they would talk to me about it, and I would go to the employee and I would say, oh, we need to. What do you think about so and so? Told me that we need to adjust this project. We need to add or take away. We need to make it look better. We need to make it simpler for the folks out there. And they, the first, their first reaction is, oh, they're just trying to make me look bad. I'm, like, I'm thinking, what? I don't want to talk to you about that. Just let's get the project done, right? But I'm thinking, these employees think that, each one of them think that the other one is trying to make me, them look bad to me, right? And it's not like I'm a stranger. I know them. I know them very well. I know everything about them, how they function, how they think. And, and their mind won't even allow them to know that, well, why would, them, why would this person try to make me look bad to Jesse? Jesse has known me for the last 20 years. But they're, they, they're, they're trying to protect the thorn in their side, and their ego go to work. The mind goes to work right away, and it won't let them see that it's just about the job. It's not about someone trying to make you look bad. It, it has nothing to do with the person. It only has to do with the work. But they, because they don't know themselves and because they're not paying attention to that thing that has made a home in them that's not them, they don't see that. They go into that mindset just like that. They're trying to make me look bad. I'm, I'm like, but it's not about you. It's about the project. And they just go off. Isn't that amazing? Anybody ever done that? Yeah? No one here. Okay. It's up to two hundred people to three and not at four. <laughs> And I'm telling you this because you got to be still in life. The real you is the quiet, patient, still person. You are not your mind. You are not your ego. But you can become your ego. But you're so identified with that person that you don't even know it. And when someone comes to you with an issue, if you start to race with your thoughts, that is your moment to calm down and learn and grow from that. If someone is trying to make you look bad, that's on them. It's not on you unless you got an issue. You know what I'm saying? No one can make you look like what you don't look like. I mean, they can't make you look like what you don't see yourself as. And people who think that someone is trying to make them look bad are always trying to protect themselves. Always trying to do it. I have one employee who loved to gossip. He loved gossiping. And I've talked about don't gossip, don't gossip, don't gossip. But I realized the other day that they don't see what they do as gossiping. Do we have anybody here that love to gossip and hear gossip? Only four, two honest folks. <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> They love to hear gossip and talk about gossip, but because they protect the thorn in their side, their ego, they don't see it as gossiping. An example, we had an issue where somebody outside has said something wrong about me and the organization, I guess. Oh, me. From that, did you see that interview in the L.A. Times? Anybody see that? There was an interview in the Los Angeles Times this week that I did. It came out on Wednesday. You must read it. If you haven't seen it, go on uh, my website today and you can read it. It's a very, very, I was surprised. It was a very liberal woman who interviewed me, and she wrote exactly what I said. 
in the Los Angeles Times, and I was surprised, but it's very good. But go read it, all right, when you get a chance today. And uh, I had my hoodie. You know what the hoodie is now, right? But my hoodie said, I'm not a victim. And it has bond on it. But anyway, so we, we had somebody asking about the, 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 uh, the interview, something I said in the interview. And so I said to my employer, you know, just go to them and find out how come they're always trouble. Every time we deal with them, they're a bunch of trouble, right? And they said, okay, I'll go do it. So they went and talked to them about, well, you know, about that. But before the conversation was over, they gossiped about another person. The employee did with the person that is doing the gossiping or whatever, right? I'm like, why would you do that? Well, I just, they asked my advice and I just, about another person. I just gave them advice. I'm like, can you be that dumb? You're not supposed to talk about folks to other people. I've been saying that for 23 years. Don't gossip. Because it, the person that you're talking to, they love hearing gossip. And this person knows this about these people, but because they're into gossip and hearing gossip and talking about it, they're in denial about it. And so they gave out information about another person that they should not have done, and they knew they should have done it, but they excused it in their ego. Anybody ever done that? They made up an excuse as to why they did it, but it was still gossip. And now these people are going to take it and tell somebody else about it, and it's going to reflect me because this person represents me. And I told them not to go- I tell my employees, don't gossip. Oh, I did. They asked. I'm like, but you're talking to some folks that you already have a problem with who gossip. And yet they're going to sit there and gossip with them. But they don't see it as gossip because most people don't see themselves and understand the spirit that's driving them. That makes sense? Does it make a little sense? Yes. It's so important, folks, that you get to know yourself because, because of our anger. And because of our separation from God due to anger and because of pride, the ego, most people don't know themselves. You'll be surprised what is hidden within you when you start to know yourself. And you're going to be surprised that it is never, ever, ever, but never about the other person. It's always about you. It's always 100% of the time is about you and never about the other person. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have people out there who want to hurt you, you know, want to say bad things, but that's their issue and not yours unless you like that too. But because you don't know yourself, you don't see that, wow, I am like that. And, and this person has been in trouble by gossiping before and they still, they haven't learned from it at all. This is why sometimes Sometimes when we don't learn from our experiences, they end up wiping us out because we don't learn from them. We just excuse them. We have a little pain about them, but that pain don't even change us. And pain is supposed to change your life. When you feel, when you know you've wronged somebody or you've done something wrong, you lied, you did whatever, and you feel pain about it, look like you're going to be destroyed, that's your moment of salvation. You know, like, wow, I'm wrong. But most people don't admit it. They don't see themselves. It's so sad. I mean, not so sad. I don't care. I mean, it, it's, not, it's sad in the, in the fact that people don't see themselves. That's why Christ said, forgive them. They know not what they do. And I'm talking about men and women. There are men who think that you're trying to uh, make them look bad as, as much as women think that. There are men who gossip and love hearing gossip, just like women. And when I was growing up, if a man was into gossiping, we would run him off the plantation. Really, we would know he was a girly man. In those days, men didn't gossip. Really, they just didn't do it. But nowadays... Even women have male friends who are gossipers. They get together, have tea, and talk about everybody. And the guy was like, right along with it. Isn't that true? Yes. Whatever. Another example. I love this one. I learned more about this one recently than I've learned ever before. How many of you sometimes feel that people are trying to disrespect you? 
You ever say, you're just trying to disrespect me. Wow. Isn't that pitiful? <laughs> That's right, Wayne. <laughs> oh, let me do this. Let me see the hands again of people who you sometimes feel that others are trying to disrespect you. Just a hand again. Oh, okay. Cool. Thank you. Uh, let me go right here. Right here. About the disrespect. Give me an example of someone trying to disrespect you. Um, let him hold it, Frank. He can hold it. When people talk smack about me or talk bad about me because of my own personal beliefs or what I believe in. Give me an example. I'm sorry. A little louder. When people talk... Uh, Judge me because of what I believe in. Right. Give me an example of something. Um, I, I can't think of any offhand. Oh, okay. Uh, so when they disagree with you about your belief, yeah, my belief, you feel that they're disrespecting you? Well, I, I think they want to indirectly, indirectly disrespect me because they say like, Oh well, you know. Well, this is supposed to be this way, and since you do it this way, you know you don't really know what you're talking about, or you don't really know that you know that type of you know way of thinking, or that type of lifestyle, or that type of talking, or that type of cultural shift right. is not is not because because I didn't grow up doing with it, and I represent the status quo. So to speak, just speaking metaphorically, right. then you really should try and think the way I do. I think that's kind of disrespect. Oh, you, you feel that's disrespect. And um, so when you are feeling that they are disrespecting you, do you ever think, well, the way I feel about them right now, I'm disrespecting them? Maybe, maybe, wait, can you repeat that? You know how you, you get upset or... You, you feel irritated because they are disrespecting your views or your point of view, right? Mm. Right? And so by you getting upset at them for disrespecting your views, you, uh, do you feel you're disrespecting theirs? No. Why no, not? I, no, I don't because um, we're allowed to have different viewpoints. But when you, it's, it's, I think it's the way they express their viewpoints that can be disrespectful. Like, I can tell you, please come and have a seat. Or I can say, sit the hell down. I'm making the same point, but I'm telling you to do the same thing, but I'm doing it. One is very nice, and one is impolite. Uh, which one you like better? Well, I'd like to say, please sit down. <laughs> Rather than sit the hell down. Yeah. Because you feel more respected. Well, it's just common decency. But why do you feel the pain of them not respecting you? It's not... Pain, like emotional pain, but it's just, you know, it, it, it's irritating, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's rude. This is on, right? Yeah, yeah no, you're on. Okay, you yeah, okay, yeah. I think, I think yeah. It's, it's, it's rude. And but what all, of us here, all of us here want to be treated decently, whether it's some poor bum who's in the gutter or whether it's someone like Bill Gates. Everyone wants respect. Why? Because we're human beings and we deserve to be treated respectfully. Why do you deserve to be treated re respectfully? Because judge not lest ye be judged. Is there anywhere in the scriptures where it tells you that you deserve to be treated respectfully? Jesus wants to be treated respectfully. No, I said, is there anywhere in the scriptures where it tells you that you deserve to be treated respectfully? Um, offhand, no, I don't know. So how did you come up with that idea? Because that's how I want to be treated, and I, I think... If I want to be treated a certain way, I would, I would think that other people want to be treated the same way as well. But you're not going to be, be it's, not, it's not how they treat you, it's the way you treat them. You shouldn't be concerned about how they treat you at all. What's up with the mic again? He's wigging around a little bit. Oh, he's wigging it? Oh, don't wig. Sorry. Stay Sorry, calm, buddy. Okay. Um, in the scriptures, it says that we should love one another. They don't have to love us back. I love you whether you're loving me or not. I accept you as you are. I may not agree with the way you are, but I'm not holding it against you. So I'm loving you. You don't have to love me. You don't have to respect my no, abuse. That's, 
That's not the way it works, sir. Why not? That's not the way. That's not the way the world operates. The way that's, you a, that's a nice way of thinking it, but in reality, <laughs> that's not the way it operates. And but you know that it. is reality. The way I'm no. telling you, it, can you imagine living a life not having interest, any concern about whether someone agree with you or disagree, or, or whether they respect you a certain way or not? Can you imagine living that way, not no, caring about it? No, I can't. It's a perfect way of living. But, oh, sure, it is, but it doesn't exist. It does exist. I it, live that way. Then you're, then you're the exception. But I, I'm not there. There are other people, too. And you could do the same thing if you come down off your high horse. If you stop judging others and, and, and allow them to be as you, they are, you could speak up about it. But if you don't hold it against them, you could be that way, too. Okay, sure. That makes sense? I don't agree with it, but yeah, I'm sure it does. It does make sense? It doesn't. But I, I'll, it does I'll not it make you. sense. I don't think it's realistic, to be honest with you. Why not? Because people will always judge each other. It's been happening for thousands of years, and it will continue to happen for thousands of years. And that's where the problem is, though. Let them judge, but don't you judge. You're doing to them what you're mad about them doing to you. Okay, I see your point. Yeah. You got to reverse that and allow them to be so what So I they, should allow people to say whatever they want about me and just say I'm just bend over and take it for them and then just be like, okay, well, that's just his or her opinion. Well, I wouldn't bend over. But I'm, being, I'm, I'm using a metaphor. Yeah, I'm using a metaphor, as you know. Because that's, that's what it's to me. To be honest with you, that's what it sounds like you're saying. You're saying don't worry about what they think. Just you know, do your own on thing and yes. I feel sure I, I try that's to keep my side of the street clean too. But there are sometimes you know there are people's core beliefs that's that's their rock. What 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 they they believe for example you're a Christian. We're all Christians. That your Christian is a core of your of who you are. And you know let's say uh, let's say Mr. Smith may not be a Christian. He may be a Jew or he may have a maybe a Baha'i or a Mormon or something. Right. Why should you go on Say to him, oh, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this. You're going to go to hell if you don't do that. Or Why not just let them be? The question is, why do you care about that? Because it's not right. But you don't this know that. This country was made Maybe on that's what this. They... We, we consider ourselves Americans, and we say that, you know, you know uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. That's what this country is about. We don't, we're not supposed to, to judge people. But you're judging them. Well, because they're judging us. No, you're judging. I judge those who judge me. But where's the love? Where's the love in that? It, what, what they give Christianity, what they give you. Are you a Christian, you said? Yeah. I but Christianity is about loving and forgiving and forgiveness and, and allowing people, allowing yourself to be the light so that the person who may not see his or her way can see the right way to go. But if you're judging them because they're judging you, how are you helping them? You're no different than the people you're judging. You're consuming yourself hold on, hold on. what other people are doing. Yeah. Okay. We'll come right. Let me just stay with him just for a minute. I'll come there. You, you see that? Take the mic back. You see? <laughs> let him have that mic. Uh, <laughs> do you I'm see? I like next sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you see that you're no different than them? To a certain extent, yeah. To a full extent. To a certain extent, yeah. You, they are hate. They are judging you, right? I don't. I don't hate. No, people, you're though. judging them, right? They are judging you, right? Yeah, they are and you're judging, judging them back, right? To a certain extent, I do. Any judgment is judgment. No. Any no. iota of judgment no. is because judgment. Because a judge that sits up in front of a bench, he passes judgment too. Look, look. Do you want people to judge you a little bit? On my action, if I'm doing something wrong, yes, I do. You want them to judge to you. a certain extent, yes. Why? Because we need to have people who are who are more educated, judge and educated, educate. No, you, you would, have. Would you want to live in a society that there was no judges? But you're mad about the judging. Um, that's why I said to a certain extent, I would want there to be judgment. Yes. Let me let me, let me just say this to you: until you overcome that, you're never going to be happy. You never got because that's God. On me. And what, that's on me. The one principle that is above all principles or uh, commandments is that we love one another. And when you're judging one iota of yourself, when you're judging yourself and others, you have no love. No, I don't and, agree with that. And at that's all. why. Uh, no. How can you have love when you're judging? Let me ask you this. 
You better run. Take it. And you, you're not going to. You think you can judge and I, have love. I, have a, I think we have a certain right to judge people to a you certain don't. extent. Yes. Did God give you that right? The law gave us that right. What law? Man's law. So I thought you were a Christian. Of course I'm a Christian, but I also believe in man-made law. But when one do you do. live by? The law of the Constitution. Oh, but not of God. No, not of God. No, oh. Not Christian law. Not the law in the Bible. You don't live by that law. I live by some of the laws in the Bible. But not but all. I, but, but I do believe that the, that the Constitution and Declaration of Independence are more important than the Bible. Yes, I you, do believe that. So you believe that the law of the land is more important oh, absolutely. than the law of God? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Well, no wonder. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. How is the law of the land going to get you? Because the law of the land can change with time. It doesn't change a person's nature. No, but the law can change. But how does it change a person's nature? Because people have to follow that law. No, you don't follow that law. Not... Then, like she said, if you don't follow the law, you go to prison, or you get exiled, or you get... It doesn't change the person. Right. But it removes them from that society. But, that, but you're not making sense, man. So how are you a Christian if you don't believe in the law, laws of God? I believe in them to a certain extent, but not, I don't think... I think you the, believe... I'm, I'm answering your question. I think you believe or you don't believe, not a certain extent. Well, if you want to talk in absolutes, then I guess I'm not a Christian then. I'm not making a determination. I'm well, saying I'm not. Well, because you you asked me, you know, it's either one or or another, and you're being absolute about it. I told you, like I don't believe, like in in the Old Testament, who here believes that we should stone people for working on the Sabbath? No. Okay, two people. You yourself didn't even raise your hand. So All that's these in people, the Bible, but we don't, but we don't do that. Let me move on. All these people are members of Saddam Hussein group. <laughs> these are radical Muslims. Let yeah. me go over here. Let me take the young lady first, and then I'll come to you. It went on for a while, so I kind of forgot my point. But oh, I okay. think that what I wanted to basically say was that you, you, you have the right to have. Let me an let me just say this for the over the mic. You kind of have to hold it in front of you and not here or there, just uh, a, a little way. That's you, why they, they hold the mic. Folks are so violent. <laughs> you have the right to an opinion, and I think that you can tell someone how you feel. Well, what was the first thing you said? I, everyone has a right to their opinion. May I erase that one, too? That's fine. The, one of the worst things that you can have in life is an opinion. Opinions are not worth a dime. Really, I'm telling you, honestly. Well, I don't want to say honestly, but it's so serious. See, this is why I want you to get to know yourself. Because everybody, and I used to be the same way, so I'm not putting anyone down, think that their opinion means something. Opinions mean something, and they don't. That's why when you, you should be very, very, mama mia, careful who you go to for advice. Because they're going to give you their opinion, and their opinions will not work for you. They're not even working for them. You want to go to a person with wisdom who is wise, and the information is being revealed to them. I know so many folks who have gone to other people, oh, what should I do? How should I do it? Should I buy this, or should I buy that, or should I go to this place, or should I go to that place? And they give you their opinion, and it doesn't work. Have you ever noticed that? Because opinions are straight out of hell. They are straight out of the darkness of your imagination. And, I, and we talked about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Well, I, just, I think I, when I used the word opinion, it was for a lack of a better term. No, I understand it was basically when, when he was saying, like, this person is a Christian, this person is a Jew, the Jew shouldn't come and tell the Christian that they're wrong and vice versa. I think that you can respect what, how that person feels. Yes. Um, and you don't, but you don't have to let how they feel about you or what you think consume you. And I think yes, that that's what Love them. Peterson is trying to express to you that you don't have to allow that to consume you. Because if you're so focused on, oh my goodness, this person said this about me, this person said that about me, this person feels like this about Jews, this person feels like that about Christians, you're not even focused on yourself. You're more focused on this person. This person's not thinking two bits about you. And so I'm, I think that that's what he was trying to get you to understand. 
you know, that you don't have to write. And a person who thinks that they need to be respected, you're a nutty person. You're going to be up and down in emotions. You're living in darkness because it's not up to someone respecting you. You respect them. Right. And, and, and let them I have their issues. You, you can also respect a person by not, and I could be wrong, but this is just how I feel. You don't necessarily have to be around that person. Right. So you can respect what they've said and how they feel and how they want to have their life, but not be around that person so that they're opinion for lack of a better word. Well, so that their energy don't drain your energy. Have you noticed there are two kinds of people in the world today? Bad energy people and good energy folks. And you could be talking to a person and they are so negative and so insecure. They have so resentful. They'll draw all your energy out of you. Have you noticed that? And you're like, oh, I gotta go. I'm tired of talking to you. (laughs) They'll suck all the energy. I have people now in my own family family member, blood, family member. They are so negative when they call me for advice, I just hang up the phone. <laughs> I do. I, I, okay, bye. Just hang up the phone because they, they will suck all the life out of me. It's like being in a marriage. <laughs> That's all I have to say, Rhonda. Um, so, so if you are a person who feels that you are being disrespected, you need to be born again. That's your ego. That's your pride. You need to let that happen so you can overcome it. Because once you overcome that, there's nothing on earth that someone can do to you that will cause you to feel disrespected because it's all, it's all pride. It's all ego. You want to be treated a certain way. Don't say this about me. Don't look at me. That's all ego. That's not love. It has nothing to do with God. It's all pride. You got, to, you got to die from that. And you should be happy to see that this person is making you feel disrespected so that you can overcome it. That's why it's happening. That's your foreign in your side, and there's something you need to overcome. And this situation is bringing that to the forefront so that you can see it and overcome. But no, you get mad about it. You know, so I'm a little saddened by what I see because I see my friends. Not all, not all, not all. So I'm not looking at anyone. And I have friends everywhere, all right? I have friends everywhere now. But I see a lot of my friends recreating their children in their image because of this stuff. Because they will not get over the evil that lurks in their hearts. They protect the evil. And I can see their children being recreated in their image. In the way they look, in the way they walk, in the way they act, in the way they're acting just like their parents. Because they have the same spirit. And these parents know better. They have heard the truth. And yet they protect ego. They protect evil in their hearts. And they do it to their children while trying to cover up their own ego. Isn't that pretty sad when you see that? And I'm watching this happen with these little kids. And it's real, real sad. And then if you tell them about it, I ain't messing up my child. But why do you think your child acting this way then? They act like you. They talk like you. You can see your spirit inside of them. But they won't, even for the love of their children, they won't repent and get over it. Isn't that sad? Yes. And they know the truth. It's not like with my parents, they didn't know what we know. They didn't understand the ego. They didn't know that when you're angry and resentful, you're di- divided from God. You're separated from him. If you have one iota of anger in your heart, just one little tip tap bit of anger, I had a friend of mine call my radio show this week, and he said, oh, yeah, I have anger, but I don't carry it around with me. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't carry it around with you? Like, when you get ready to leave the house, you leave it there? And what he was saying, he doesn't act out on it all the time. But if you have it in your nature, in your heart, it's who you are. And you have no love to give out to your children, to your husband or wife or friends or anybody. Because if you have one iota of anger, it's the nature of Satan, and you are separated from God. 
That's why we must be born again. We must be born again. And once you understand that, you can come out of this ego mind. And then you will see that uh, that um, someone disrespecting you is, is, is an illusion. It's not even real. It's an illusion. It's not real. When you're angry, you live in an illusion life. Lose an illusion life. You don't live reality. Everything that you do, everything you think, everything that is, is an illusion. It's not real. And so that's why you got to get over your anger so you don't feel that you're being disrespected. Let me say this, and then I'll come to you. I had one person tell me, that, to me, they said this to me. They're just doing this because they're jealous of you, of me now. I'm like, just pray for them. You know, if you see somebody have an issue, don't gossip about them. Pray for them. Really, God said, pray for those who are lost as Christ did for us. You don't go and say this or that about the person. You pray for the person. You wish them well. But the reason you can't do it because you have anger in your own heart and you have no love, you have no insight, and you don't see to do it. You just do not see to do it. Isn't it sad? Well, not like real sad, but... I, because I realize I can't make you free. I'm just telling you how to get there. You got to forgive. You got to get to know yourself. And you'll realize it's always has been about you. Now, with little kids, it's about the parents. But once they become of age, it's about the children, them themselves. They have to take control of their own life. Every adult is responsible for their own soul. You are responsible. No one else. And no one is making you feel something that is not already in you. When I met you, you already had this thorn in your side. So I see husband and wife fighting each other. Well, if you treated me this way, I wouldn't act that way. If you said this to me, you, you know, I didn't, your husband or your wife didn't have anything to do with that. You were already like that. All they're doing is bringing it out, and you should be grateful. That makes sense? You had your hand, Kenneth. Wayne. Kenneth, that's Wayne right there. Wayne sitting by running. Wayne, you got to get Kenneth a job. I highly recommend he, he's excellent with his hand. Give him a job for Monday. Oh, I'm going to throw you out of the church. <laughs> I'm just playing. But yeah, I do want you to talk to him, all right? Okay. And give him a job. Give him a try. And I'll take responsibility. I highly recommend him. If he doesn't do the right thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Ken. I just wanted to say, um, from my study in the Bible, uh, Jesus was judged all the way to the day he died. Um, Paul was judged to the day he died. Any apostle was judged until the day they died. They all got gossiped about Slapped, spit on, yeah. uh, talked about, uh, betrayed, uh, all that. And the same thing is going to happen to any other Christian that continue to walk this walk. You're going to be talked about, judged, spit on, probably stoned, whatever. You know, It might not happen like it happened in the Old Testament, but it's going to happen in some other way. Yes. Uh, but we got to do what the Lord said, do which is stay the course, like Moses or anybody else did. You walk this walk in surprise at the end of the day. Um, you're going you, you're going to get attacked though. It's it's nothing that you can do to to stop that from happening. No matter how good or how bad you are, it doesn't. That's right. You're going you're to get that. And, and and the glory in it is, you know that the devil is trying to test you. So it could be a that could be the thorn in all of our side is being conflicted with that. But you know that whatever inside of you, you can overcome it. Every day somebody's going to talk about you, and they might talk about you to your face. But you got the by you being a Christian. And being saved, you could charge it to the cross. Because Jesus died for it already. The best he, he way took it. The, the, the best way to deal with that, because he's right, it's gonna happen. There's no way around it. But the best way to deal with it, the perfect way to deal with it, is for you to know yourself so you can get over all of your little thorns in the side kind of thing, that you can come to God with perfect love. And when that happens, it doesn't move you at all. You observe yourself to see if it's true. If it is true, you're grateful. If it's not true, you're grateful for it. But what's happening is that you are showing those people love by not hating them back. 
by not judging them. And that love that's working through you is the love of God, and that's what changes lives. We don't have love as human beings. We don't have love. We have all ego, which is the nature of Satan. But when you see that and allow yourself to repent, then God will take over and you will have perfect love. And there's nothing that anyone can do or say to you that will bring pain unto you. Nothing. Not what you will have perfect love for them as Christ has it for us. But you got to let your anger go. You got to forgive. So you can wake up to consciousness. You can wake up to the mind of God. We have a, a, another consciousness inside of us that is smart, intelligent, and filled with love. But most people, due to their anger, they listen to the imagination, the thoughts that are always going on about something, always going on. And they think that those thoughts are them because they're walking in darkness. You are not your thoughts. And you're going to see that once you overcome the anger. I want to give you another thing I heard. I said the jealous thing. I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. And so my question is, my thing is that what I want you to realize is that you got to be happy with your miserable self. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> great. You got to reverse the role. You got to be happy with your miserable, angry, insecure, doubtful, uh, uh, psychotic, overreactionary, crazy self. And when you can be happy with that self, then your life will start to change just like that. What's holding you back is that you have judged yourself and others for being that way. And as you're judging, you're going deeper into hell into darkness. You got to accept yourself as you are and don't hate yourself. That's what's keeping you down. It's the darnest thing, huh? How do I be happy with hell? <laughs> I remember I asked God, come here with the mic. I remember I asked God 25 years ago, um, the next time you have to come with the mic, since no one is sitting there, just come around. Don't crawl over there, patient. I mean, the. Uh... <laughs> Whatever they're called in a church setting. Yeah, congregation. Uh, thank you. I know, huh? The patient. Um, I lost my thought. Oh, I asked God one time because I was so insecure. I was afraid of women. Anybody ever been afraid of women? All men, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> I realize now the reason that I was afraid of women because they had my mama's spirit in them. And when I was, as a kid, when I would try to deal with my mother, instantly she would get angry, not all the time. And this thing would come to her, come in her nature, her physical, and I would see it. And it would intimidate me because I was angry at it, and I would just kind of cow down because I couldn't handle that spirit that came forth in her. And so when I went out into the world, whenever I dealt with women, because we were attracted to what we hate, and so every woman I got involved with was just like mama. I thought she wasn't because some of them were so sweet. I'm like, oh, this is not my mama, right? <laughs> and then the moment something went wrong, or I didn't do what she said, or she didn't like what I said, that spirit would come forth in the flesh, and I would see it, and I would just cower down to it. Uh, but um, I don't know why I said that. Oh, that's why I was afraid of women. But when God, I remember asking God once to, um, in 25 years ago, I said, you know, let me see myself. I'm so weak. You know, I'm insecure. I'm doubtful. Uh, I'm emotional. I can't do for myself. I can't even stand up to women. Something wrong with me, right? I said, let me see myself, and I forgot I asked that. So I get up one morning, get dressed in the mirror, and at an instant, he allowed me to see myself, and I was dark on the inside. And I had never seen that about myself before, because egos like to see themselves as wonderful, and everybody else is wrong. And so I, never, I saw it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's what I look like? And then after that, when I, I sat and prayed, and he allowed me to go free. But you got to know yourself, folks. It ain't about the other person. The other person is doing you a favor when they make you feel all these kinds of ways. Because they're not, it's not them that's doing it to you. It's already in you, and they're bringing it out. 
jealousy, feeling disrespected, someone just want to make you look bad, or you gossiping, or you lying, or you covering your ego, or you this or that or that. I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, and he is doing some stuff that is different from the way he sees it. And I'm like, well, your action, you did this according to your action. You did this, you said this, and then this happened. No, that's not the way it is. I'm, but I'm saying your action, but they can't see it. They're, they're, for some reason, their mind, and I understand that, is telling them one thing, but their action is doing another one, and they don't see what's going on in that. It's a darnest name, but it's a good friend. I love their friend, and I don't, I'm allowing them to go through it. You got to allow people to go through things just like you have to allow yourself to go through things. When you start hating yourself, you prevent yourself from growing because you start protecting that thing that's in you rather than allowing it to come forth so you can overcome it. You ever notice that? Uh-huh. Yes. But in, in John chapter 8, starting at verse 48, uh, Jesus was disrespected. And how he handled it was, oh, yeah. it's, it's a nice lesson. How did he handle it? Well, he said that, uh, you know, I don't even seek respect. Thank you. He said, my father seeks to honor me. Yes. And, and I allow that to happen. And then he wound up um, calling the Jews uh, liars because they don't know God. And then they sought to stone him. Yes, but. you don't you don't you don't seek respect when you uh, you don't seek respect or disrespect. It's not bothering you either way when you're one with the Father. When your ego is dying, just imagine had Christ said, "You know what? I can't go through this. These folks are disrespecting me. <laughs> I'm trying to tell them the truth, and they're disrespecting me. They're lying on me. <laughs> they're trying to make me look bad." They are yelling at me. They're judging me. Imagine what, have ha- what would have happened had Christ said that. And Christ was a perfect example of what we, or is a perfect example of what we can become. He is our brother. He's our brother. He is our example. And as soon as you realize this about yourself, that this anger that you feel, this mind of yours is not you, and be happy about it. Rejoice in the time of these things. And you can be free. And stop protecting evil. And let things happen. Let people be wrong. Don't judge them. Let yourself be wrong. Don't judge yourself. Let the feeling come forth. And what you need to do is become aware of the feeling. That's all you need. When that thing come up in you, whether whatever it is, just be aware of it. I have a, several friends who are winos. <laughs> and I was talking, about, talking to a friend of mine the other night who is a wino. We have any winos here? Just love wine. One. Did you raise your hand? <laughs> you know the best way? It's so funny, too, how wine can addict you just like that. I don't know why Jesus made wine. Because it's a, it has a bad taste at first, and the more you make it, you, you start drinking it. I mean, you get used to it. So I, he said, like, I'm a wino. How do I overcome it? I said, that's all you need to know about it, that you are addicted to it. Do nothing else about it. Don't try to force yourself to stop. Don't get mad about doing it. Just be aware that you're doing it. Just be aware, and it'll take away the taste, and you will have no desire for it. None. That's how you overcome all of your issues. Be aware that the issues are there because the awareness is the mind of God who lives inside of you and he showed you to not you. And if you could just be aware of it without hating it or trying to change it, you know, you tell yourself, uh, I'm just going to drink one glass of wine tonight, not two, right? And you end up drinking a whole bottle. And then you start looking around the house for more, and then you find yourself walking to the liquor store. But if you just drink the wine without an opinion about it, you can overcome it. There's nothing in life that you can't overcome when you allow yourself to be exposed. That doesn't mean go around and tell the world about yourself, but you become aware of what's in you. That makes sense? Yes. Did you have a question? No, yeah. No, okay. 
just imagine if I had this ego of being disrespected and I'm a little lightweight public figure out there now. People, wait until you read this article in the Los Angeles Times. I got so many negative, mean reactions from that in one of your funny. In a public way, they're calling me all kind. If you could think of a name, they call me that. Really. And on my phone, email, Facebook, and there's nothing, there's a whole lot of good comment appreciation too, but mostly negative. You know what I feel about it? Absolutely nothing. I feel no shame. I feel no anger. I feel no nothing. I feel nothing but I have compassion for those people because I realize that they can't see what they're doing. And if they were on the side of good, even if I was 100% wrong, they would have compassion for me. They would not go on the personal attack. But they don't have love. They don't have compassion. So I have it toward them. They don't have it for me. And that is the greatest thing. If you really want to love somebody, have compassion for folks who are wrong or who you think are wrong or who have issues in life. They can't help themselves just as you can. So whatever your thorn in your side is, I hope today that you will allow it to come out. Because when it comes forth like that, whatever situation brings out, if you become aware of it, the mind of God, let his mind shine on it. You can overcome it just like that. But if you protect it, if you hide it, if you don't want to feel it, if you get mad because someone is telling you about it, if you try to hide yourself, you'll get old and ugly. That's why so many old people look so bad. Look like old hags, the men and the women, because they have hid Satan in their hearts all of their lives, not understanding to allow this thing to come out and that situations are bringing it out for you. It's a way that God is reaching out to you. As long as, if you let that happen, you can go free. That makes sense? Yes. Any questions about that? No questions? Any disagreements? Do you see it in yourself that you hide your thorns in your sides? Yes. You do see it. As long as you can see it, that's all you need to do. As long as you can see it. So when somebody irritates you this week... Or if someone says something bad that makes you mad, or if someone, or you feel insecure, or you're mad because someone is disrespecting you or judging you or trying to make you look bad, be glad about that. Like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> They're making me look like a fool. <laughs> be glad about it, and you can be free. That makes sense? Yeah. Here's what I recommend. And I'm sorry I took up the whole meeting today. I know you people have a lot to say, right? When you pray, I highly recommend, and I've been doing it for 25 years, that you sit quietly, shut your mouth, and let God reveal himself to you. He's in us. He is. And he is that consciousness that is trying to always remind us that we're going down the wrong path. He's always there trying to remind us of that. So when you pray... You don't have to hoop and holler. You don't have to beg. It's already done. You just have to be still. There's a stillness within us. The kingdom of heaven, it lives in us. It's a stillness that would come, would, would come forth, would make you aware of. And so when these things start to happen, it allows you to see and overcome. Because of ourselves, we can do nothing and we know nothing. But all that God asks of us that when we pray, be still and know him. And when situations come around that make us feel a certain way, be still and know him. Don't overreact to your imagination and the way you feel. And you shall be free. And so your assignment this week, if you decide to take it, don't overreact to one situation in your life this week. Be still and take it. Whether it's, I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you feel, I don't care what you're thinking about it, be still and take it for one week and see what happens. Watch how you're going to become aware and watch how free you will become. And you're on your way then to unfolding, coming out of the hell, out of the darkness, into the light. And the beautiful thing about it, as you're coming out, all your needs are met. Opportunities are right in front of you. Every desire that you have, everything you think you want, 
if whatever it is is right in front of you, but you got to let yourself unfold so you can see it. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming, folks. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.